have you heard the saying that life imitates art? You more than likely have. I've had two writers separately tell me that when they were writing their script, they would just out of the blue come across someone who looked like the character they created, who had the same name, or had the personality traits. And I have noticed that in my own life. When I was like 14 or 15, I started writing out a short story about a girl that was kidnapped and taken to the Middle East, and she had to reacclimate to the new surroundings. And she was kidnapped by this person named Mink. And Mink was a very like odd person. And he worked for an even odder man. In just this one moment of leaving a store, I saw a man who looked just like Mink's boss. And he was wearing a Mink coat. <laughs> I'm not lying. I was like, what? I did a double take. And then when I was older and I had set aside the time to work with an editor and really write out one of my oldest scripts, which is Karmic Fate, the two main characters are named Peyton and Mallory. And one of my friends at that same time gave birth and just named her daughter Peyton Mallory. She didn't know I was a writer. She didn't know what I was writing at all. She just named her daughter that. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And this happened again very recently. I don't follow celebrities. I only Google a handful of celebrities. And even then, it's very rarely. So I'm just not knowing what's going on in Hollywood. But I was watching a YouTube video where they were breaking down a new show I was considering watching. It's New Amsterdam. And they said the Skarsgård brothers. And I was like, hmm, never heard of them. And they flashed a picture on the screen. So I was like, oh, I'm going to check out who these people are. And when I Googled them, I was like, Buh. two of them look like characters <laughs> from two separate stories. So Bill Skarsgård, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, he looks just like Peyton. And yes, Peyton is the serial killer <laughs> in my story. And that's not to slight him. He actually kind of goes with that type of brand. So I was attending ScreenCraft's virtual event and a woman said, it's not just about you as, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying to figure out how she said it. It's not just about what your brand is for like your voice and your writing. It also matters about the brand and the voice of the actor. So like The Rock loves action and adventure movies where he's saving the day. I don't think he plays the bad guy ever. Um, and so Bill Skarsgård does that type of brand where it is a weird, strange character. He was in It, okay? And I never watched It, 
but he played Pennywise. And yes, I love horror stories, but there are some <laughs> movies where I'm just like, mm, I feel like that will fester in my psyche and cause distractions. So I never felt like I should watch that script or that movie because I just felt like it was going to kind of infect <laughs> my mind for a little bit. I will watch it eventually, but yeah, not, not, not right now. So I was just like, well, maybe he would be interested in playing Peyton. <laughs> and then the other one, I think it's Alexander. Um, he looked like Wolf from one of my other scripts. And Wolf is a complicated character. He's, he's probably the most complex character. And you could consider him the villain but he has not just a tragic backstory, he has a current tragic story. He's basically trying his best to protect his son while still wanting to have a relationship with him, but having a relationship with him puts him in danger of suffering the same abuse that Wolf experienced. His name is Blue Wolf, which I know is definitely a different type of name, but it's a different type of script. And I'm just looking at them going, oh my God, I would love to have a prominent name behind the actors in my script at some point. My mind definitely started going crazy of like, maybe I could DM them and they'd say yes. The truth is I need a manager <laughs> and I'm definitely frustrated with the way that the in industry works just because I feel like this month I'm ready and I've never felt ready for the next steps in my writing career until now. So it's actually been officially two years that I've been learning the craft and developing it and writing out scripts. So I have multiple scripts that I love, um, that I've elevated and I've rewritten multiple times. And I just feel like it's time for a manager to help navigate my career and get my pitch, my script into the hands of the ones who would be interested in it. Because streaming is just going to get bigger and bigger. I actually see streaming and gaming merging where it's more interactive. A lot of people like Game of Thrones. Think of the multiverse of Game of, Game of Thrones, meaning different writers have different views on how the ending could have been but not just the ending the beginning the middle and what you can do is choose to play the game of that one writer's perspective of how they wanted game of thrones to play out and you will be interactive in it it's playing out like a movie but you're interactive interactive in it where you can choose what to do and that will affect the outcome of the movie It'll be more participatory rather than a spectator sport in the future. I don't think that's happening this year. <laughs> I think that's more than five years away. I would say maybe seven to eight years before it's like really mainstream. So basically, don't think that your voice doesn't have a place in the industry because we're just going to keep inventing and reinventing to have more storytellers, more engaging content to entertain humanity. 
So I'm still not signed <laughs> with anyone. And as far as my efforts to get signed, um, I haven't really done as much because I've been distracted with working and also rewriting some of my scripts. But I am working with Roadmaps right now for their BIPOC Voices initiative. I entered their mentorship program. I also signed up for Coverfly's Pitch Week. Um, there's another thing I signed up on for Coverfly. I recently took a course on pitching. So I'm getting there. I, it's just a matter of time, I think, at this point. When I think about my scripts, there are four main ones that I feel are applicable to today's world. First, BTW, I'm an alien because it is based off of the parallel life of Trevor Noah. I feel like it's pertinent because Trevor Noah is still Trevor Noah and we went through COVID and the script is paralleling a lot of what happened in 2020 and 2020. One. And I just feel like it goes with this brand. This is just me thinking as optimistically as possible, but also he's taking a break from the Daily Show, so maybe he's more interested in hearing different content. Also, I saw that he recently hired, I forget the person's name, but someone who used to work on Marvel for his production company. And so I'm thinking, aha, <laughs> he's bringing in new energy, um, and they might be like really hungry for quality content that has to do with Trevor's brand. I never meant to write out so many episodes for BTW. It started off just as a fan script, just as a short, and it's evolved into 22 episodes with a outline for um, another season. I recently read through it again. I was like, oh, snip, snip, snip. There were little parts. that I corrected. That's just the beauty. Like I love rereading things and like snip, snip, snipping and elevating it, taking something out so that it's cleaner. It's just the whole process of starting. Um, that's the problem of having with a shuddering at shook root. But yes, I do feel like BTW, I'm an alien. It could be option this year if I find the right manager. And then my other script, Ghostly Ghoul Family, which is both a feature and adapted into an eight-part season, which also has an eight-part season two, Um, and it's centering around racism, unfortunately, but also how to be an ally. So the first couple of episodes are around the First Nations children that died, unfortunately, in residential schools, and the reason I feel like this is so pertinent it's because people are just starting to re-talk about it. Which angers me because I feel like we should have been talking about this years ago. I first got the vision of this script in 2010 when I was in a relationship with a Cree man. And I'm just, it's a dec- it's over a decade later and people are, are just, like people who are non-Indigenous are just learning about it. So there was 215 bodily remains of First Nations children found in Kamloops which is only six, seven hours for me. And then recently, just today, I found out that 751 bodily remains have been found on another residential school. It might be lower, like 600 something, 
but it could be as high as 751. It's just so, it's heartbreaking. And so I just feel like it's important to address the history. I also think it's important to help heal by addressing it and speaking the truth and teaching people how to be more empathetic, more considerate, more conscientious with their words. And then the latter half of the series talks about mixed race children because there were homes for colored kids that suffered the same level of abuse. And so it's basically showing the similar experience between the black experience and the indigenous experience, um, not trying to mush them all together and say it's exactly the same, but to show the similarities, the parallels, and how different minorities can support and honor one another so that we can actually get to a place where society is better. That's my hope for this group. And I just, I just feel out of all my scripts, I feel like this one is the most important to be told because there's not enough First Nation content out there. I have Googled and, and, and watched some of them, but it's very few. Jeff Barnaby um, has, great, has made great content, um, but we need more. There shouldn't be a handful. There should be an, an overabundance, right? And then my other script is, I renamed it, it used to be Pets and Pandemics. It's now called Pandicament. I have written that out and I just got feedback today on it. And it really made me think, hmm, maybe I should go back to my original vision. So it's tricky because sometimes you get advice and you're like, hmm, that makes sense, let me change it. And then you get advice again and the person's like, no. <laughs> and so I'm, kind of like just mulling over the new advice with the old advice, figuring out a way of how to like really make it work. But I already plotted out the rest of the series. It's a limited series. It's an anthology series talking about how the kink community has been affected by COVID. I've only gotten positive reviews, whereas Karmic Bait got a lot of <laughs> polarizing reviews. And it's just nice that people are actually seeing value in talking about the kink community in a way where it's not, oh, ewy, ewy, um, they're so weird. You know, I didn't want to make them taboo. I want to, them, I want to make them real and relatable. So I also feel like that's pertinent because we just got through COVID and we're still getting through it. I know people in Namibia who said that they're just getting the brunt of it. So, yeah. And I said there's four. So the fourth one is Karmic Fade. But the thing is, I still don't feel like it's the right year. <laughs> so I'm going to take back that. Um, it's more so three that I feel could be option this year because they're very applicable um, to what's going on in the world. But I feel like Karmic Fade, maybe 2023, 2024, when we're out of the thralls of the pandemic, um, and people are more open to digesting polarizing content. But I also have a short called Cancel Culture Arena, which I feel is important to what's going on in the world right now. Um, and I also have a script called 
angel satanists, which also I feel is very pertinent to what's going on with Black Lives Matters. So I just feel like I need the right agent, the right manager to like start the ball rolling because I've done my part. I've learned, I've grown, I've written, I've built my portfolio by submitting to competitions and placing. I'm just ready for the next step. So I'm going to talk to somebody um, in July from Roadmaps to see if they can help me get to the next level. Um, and then after that, if it doesn't really go anywhere, I'm going to put the pedal to the metal and I feel like I'm just going to go crazy and <laughs> be submitting to everything and DMing people. Um, I don't want to be that annoying person who just, um, Issa Rae said it's the smelly coat syndrome or something like that. <laughs> Uh, where you just kind of like are walking around with a stench of desperation. Um, yeah, I don't want to come across as desperate, but I want to come across as sincere. Like I am taking this next career very seriously. I will still always have my other career. Um, I just, I really feel like I'm ready for writing. I'm ready to be known as a writer. I'm ready to have my voice heard. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> So there's a heat wave <laughs> and when I'm hot, I can't really relax. I'm actually irritated. So this podcast was just to distract myself from the heat. <laughs> I don't really have that much else to say. We're coming to a close for the month. I definitely haven't finished a shuddering like I wanted to, but I've updated Gigi family, ghostly girl family. Um, like I have still done work and I've submitted some of my scripts to some other competitions. I'm only really submitting to competitions like, um, big break, um, screen craft. There's also Launchpad, and we screenplay and barnstorm. And I'm submitting to those to potentially win, but also to get feedback because no matter how good you feel your script is, still there's probably something that can be done to improve it, right? Especially when you're starting off like me. So yeah, I just got feedback from Slamdance and the feedback I felt was really helpful. So I'm going to update um, Pentecomet later today and That's it. <laughs> I'll update you all in July, my birthday month. I'm excited. <laughs>